is Volusia Today, a public information radio program brought to you by the County of Volusia. Good morning and welcome to Volusia Today. I'm your host, David Hunt, um, with the County's Community Information Division. Um, Happy New Year. We hope you all uh, had a great holiday season. Um, I'm joined in studio today with Pat Kewen, um, a Community Information Specialist as well. Pat, any big uh, New Year's resolutions? Not a one. None? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of in the same same boat this year as well. I kind of, I got a baby on the way due January, uh, coming up in January, so I kind of made all my changes. I'm kind of just trying to keep them going, um, but it's going to be a good year. There's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot happening in Volusia County. We had our uh, first council meeting yesterday. Um, I caught some of it last night. I'm one of those guys who really enjoys watching the meetings. So I'm from Port Orange. I try to always watch the Port Orange Council meetings. And then I watched some of it last night, but they're, they're pretty long, right? The meetings are pretty long. Right. These meetings can go seven to eight hours, sometimes even 10 or 12. But I think they usually last about eight hours. And uh, the big news out of yesterday's meeting is that the county council chose a new vice chair and it's Troy Kent, who represents District 4, which, um, which serves Ormond Beach, Holly Hill, and Ormond-by-the-Sea. And he's been on the county council for a year now. He's um, a former Ormond Beach commissioner, and um, he's an assistant pr principal with Volusia County Schools. So we're looking forward to great things from him as he works with our chair, Jeff Brower. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh. We missed some of the meeting yesterday because you were actually hosting a school tour, correct? That's right. We had um, the School of Government come from University High School, and they're a bunch of really bright students. They were. They were very interested in everything, and uh, they were actually fascinated by the county council meeting and the topics they were bringing up. Yeah, I stopped by for a little bit. Um, we had Jessica Finchers from Coastal come in and talk to them a little bit, and they seemed super engaged. You had some other great speakers in there too, right? That's right. I think their favorite was the sheriff. Right, right. <laughs> it's funny. When he walked in the room, one of the girls said, oh, my gosh, you're the guy on all those YouTube videos. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, a rock star walked in the room. That's awesome. He's, he's always a favorite. Yeah. Um, he he. he He's, he's fun to listen to. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. And then during the council meeting, I, I, like I said, I listened to some of it last night. Um, they set some of the goals going into uh, this year and, and what they're looking to do moving forward. There was a lot of discussion, right? That's why I love watching it because there's a lot of different viewpoints, a lot of discussion, um, a lot of thoughts on where we're going moving into the future. Um, if you're interested in that, you can, you can catch the county council meetings and a lot of other great information on uh, the Volusia County YouTube channel. All the council meetings are posted there. You can check them out at any time. Uh, the goal setting was near the end of the meeting uh, yesterday, so that'll be up. That's up right now. You can definitely go and check that out. Um, and as we do move into the new year, I don't know, maybe some 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 people's uh, goals might have been, I'm going to plant a garden this year. Um, so we brought in Brittany Morton from the UF IFAS Extension. Um, if you're like most people, you're probably like, what is the UF IFAS extension? So Brittany, good morning. And what is the UF IFAS extension? Well, good morning. Um, thanks for having me today. Of so first off, UF IFAS stands for University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences. And basically we're a network of outreach facilities known as extension offices throughout the state that deliver research-based information from the university standpoint down to our local stakeholders. Um, a lot of people 
back in the day used to kind of call extension offices the 4-H office because that's what they were most familiar with. But we actually have a, a plethora of different programs. So we have 4-H youth development. We have commercial horticulture, um, residential, urban horticulture. You have family and consumer sciences, ag and natural resources, sea grant, um, food and nutrition program assistant program. So we have a lot of different things that can meet the needs of our stakeholders wherever they are. So what does that look like for an average resident? Let's say my New Year's resolution is I want to plant a garden. I want the most beautiful yard and I want to get some food at some point. That's going to look like a lot of hard work. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right now is definitely not the time that you want to be starting a garden, but this is the time you want to do your research and you want to plant. Um, So at this time, I'm pretty much recommending folks to do soil testing if you haven't done it. You want to see what your soil pH levels are. Um, Do you have acidic soils? Do you have alkaline soils? So you know what plan is going to work best in the landscape. We also have a program called the Florida Friendly Landscaping Program, which covers nine principles. And the first principle is right plant, right place, which is majority of the battle here if you're trying to plant anything. Um, If your soil is too acidic, there are certain plants that will not thrive. Um, Also this time for our avid gardeners, they're like, the temperatures are dropping. What am I going to do? How am I going to protect my yard? So the conversation and questions that have occurred lately have been um, surrounding freeze and how to freeze protect your yard. Okay. So you just said a lot there. Like I'm interested in all of that. How, how would I even go about getting a soil test? I've lived here my whole life. I've tried gardens. I've never been that successful. My wife is definitely into the gardening and, and food garden, vegetable gardens, but I, We've done all right, you know, but we haven't really succeeded. So how would I even go about getting a soil test? So we have this amazing partnership with the libraries where we actually have soil sample kits in um, all the libraries here in Volusia County. Oh, that's awesome. So it helps meet um, the clients where they are. Sometimes people are not able to come out to the Ag Center or the Extension Office, and that's fine. So we have them at the local libraries. They could pick up a soil sample there. They can come by the office and pick it up, or they can give me a call and I can walk them through Um, how to go ahead and submit that sample to the University of Florida. And then if they have questions, they just give me a call. Ooh, I'm going to give that a try. I've got clovers taking over my yard, and I think that means I've got some a soil issue going on. Hey, I'll tell you this. I have plenty of weeds in my yard, and as long as they're green, I'm going to let them be. You're right. They are nice and green. (laughs) So suppose your soil is too acidic. What do you do about that? So um, if your soil is too acidic, typically you would add um, lime to raise the pH to make it a little alkaline. If it's anything over a 7, sometimes homeowners are like, well, I want to lower my soil pH. That's when you would add different forms of sulfur or elemental sulfur. But the problem with that is it is a tedious process. So it's not something that's going to happen in three months, in four months. That is something that's going to take time because of how the different chemicals react with the soil chemistry and how they bind to different particles. And when you get into soil quality and soil health, um, there's it's a lot more information. It's very interesting, actually, when you start to get into the nuts and bolts of it. So your wow. first, would your first step be that soil test? Yes. And, and so how do you read, like, it sounds very scientific, even just as you just dive a little bit, like scratch the surface and dive into mm-hmm. it a little bit. I'm over here and I just got questions pop, <laughs> popping off in my head. So what does this soil sample test even look like? And what does the result give you? Can you do it at your house? You like pick it up, get some soil, and it tells you everything you need to know? So um, with the form, on the form, we actually have like a little diagram and some instructions that walk you through the process. So you'll typically collect soil from different areas in your landscape. You'll put it in a bucket, mix it up. You don't want to have any leaf tissue, any grass. You just want soil or dirt. I know that's a tough word right there, 
um, soil, <laughs> but that's what you want in the sample when you send it off to the university. Um, they have a system where they run an analysis and based on what you want to plant in the landscape is how the recommendations are crafted. Oh, really? So they print you a recommendations of what would be good in this area? Yep. So they will um, send the homeowners a analysis. And on that analysis, I also get a copy of it. It tells them what the target pH is and what the pH is of that sample. And then it'll tell them what their macronutrients are, their major nutrients, their minor nutrients, um, if they need lime, if they need sulfur, whatever other amendments they need to add, all of that is indicated on the form. And it is very scientific, but that's what us as extension agents are here for because we can pretty much walk the homeowners step-by-step step through that process. So I stopped by one of the, how many libraries? Pat? 14. So I stopped by one of the 14 libraries. Mm -hmm. I get my soil testing kit. I go home, scoop up my soil slash dirt. Mm -hmm. How about sand? Can sand be in? No sand? sand? We can work on that. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I get my sample. I send it off. I get my sheet, and I look at it, and I'm like, I don't understand any of this. So then I would come to your office or where are those you located? You can stop at the office. The office is located um, at the fairgrounds off of 44, so 3100 East New York Avenue. Okay. Or you can give me a phone call. Um, my email is on all of the samples, so I get a copy of them. So typically if homeowners give me a call, I can type their name in the database, pull their report up, and then I walk them through it. Um, it's very helpful when the homeowner has the report directly in front of them, so that way I can answer any questions they have in real time. Oh boy, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give that a try. And is this free? Um, no, it's no. Not. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you do it directly straight with the university, it's a ten dollar um, fee per sample. We also have a partnership with Soil Kit. Um, Soil Kit is also a UF partner, and that sample is, I believe, I don't have it directly in front of me, roughly about thirty two dollars, but it's a prepaid sample. Um, it takes you to this wonderfully crafted website where they give you a fertilizer recommendation based on the actual nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. So the NPK will tell you those exact numbers, um, what time of year to apply it, whether you're doing a spring application, a winter application, and then it gives you a customized um, site where you can go and get those products from. So it's more homeowner friendly. A lot of the questions homeowners want to know is what fertilizer specifically or what blend do I need to add so that soil sample um, process pretty much helps answer those questions oh well that's well worth it that, that's a wonderful service mm -hmm. right because you might you. actually get vegetables by the end of the year or whatever you're looking for right you know that's our goal because <laughs> I like to snack so. yeah right <laughs> um how how do, we, how do you work with the county how do we kind of like all tie together and kind of work together on, on on these initiatives um a lot of it is about collaboration and partnerships right um, we have a very amazing team, our office. Um, we have an amazing director, uh, Kaylin Taylor, who is very active in the community. It also helps that we have um, Dr. Brad Burbar, who used to be a former um, director, so he can speak and advocate for extension in a lot of ways and um, has a seat at tables that we may not be aware of. So it helps to maintain those partnerships, um, maintain those bonds, and just build those relationships and, you know, just... just be transparent. Right. That's the truth. And it, I feel like every time we come on the show, we're always talking about like hidden gems or, or, or knowledge or resources that people might not be aware of. And I feel like this is a really good one that kind of could interest a lot of people. So I think it's a good time to take a break. We'll be back with more Volusia Today.
Subscribe to the Volusia County YouTube channel. And hit the bell icon to know what's happening in your hometown. There are so many great places to explore. And things to learn. With over 1,000 videos available right now, the channel offers something for everyone. Let's go! Did you know we have countless features showcasing history, nature, wildlife, and recreation? Subscribe and hit the bell icon. Or that we live stream important county meetings and workshops where leaders make decisions that can impact our everyday lives. Did you subscribe yet? Or that we record our weekly radio show, Volusia Today, where we interview staff from the different divisions and departments across our great county, and they discuss the nitty gritty of their field and expertise. Go ahead, subscribe. But that's not it, there's more. Subscribe and hit the bell icon and fully explore. Score. We're back. I'm Pat Kewen, and I'm here with David Hunt and Brittany Morton from the UF-IFAS Extension, and you're listening to Volusia Today. Brittany, um, we've been talking a lot about the extension, and I'm hoping you can give us some tips on what people should do to freeze-proof their yards. Ooh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> um, it's a little chilly out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So the first thing we have to understand is you have different types of freezes. You have your radiantial freezes and you have your advective freezes. And we're so not... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Say those two words again. Uh -huh. <laughs> what does that mean? You have your radiantial freeze okay, what's and that? an advective freeze. So your radiantial freeze is more like a, a frost. That's when your temperature is going to be below 32 degrees. Your advective freeze is more of a hard freeze where you have heavy winds, um, the temperature drops dramatically. It's a little more intense, and that's where a lot of your freeze damage occurs. So if you have any questions about that, you know, you can call our office. I can walk you through it. Right. <laughs> um, but some quick tips on what to do with freeze-proofing your yard is first you want to identify the plants in the landscape and which ones are cold-sensitive. So a lot of us have orchids on our lanais or back patios. We have crotons, um, tea plants. Some of us still have our late vegetable gardens um, still in, in process. So we might have some tomatoes, peppers. Um, Pentis is also code sensitive. And then some of our palms are code okay. sensitive, right? So once we identify what plants um, don't really like to be cold, then we know what to do next. And we know we're gonna have to cover those first. Um, another cool thing is when you know a freeze is coming, you wanna water the soil around your plants first, the day before, because the soil um, is gonna typically hold a little more heat and you want that water to be readily available for your plants as they need it. Um, if you're gonna use a uh, frost cloth or an uh, old sheet that you have at your house, you wanna make sure you have enough bricks to anchor it down so that way the wind is not cutting underneath or blowing the frost cloth off. And then the next day you wanna make sure in the morning you go ahead and remove that covering so that way the sun rays can go ahead and warm up the plant tissue and it can get that plant highway back working and active. See, I didn't know about watering. I guess, was that the same thing up north? Or up north, you got to worry about the ground freezing probably then? So up north, we have a season where things die. And right, it's the right, winter right. time. We don't have that down here. You know, it's a little, it's a little different. That's the um, truth. But even then in the wintertime up north, you can still, you can water the ground. We still have freezes. Mm -hmm. um, but that water helps provide that nutrients back to the plant. Because when a freeze occurs, it typically damages the xylem, um, the phloem, and the cambium cells within that plant. So it causes those cells to expand, those cells will rupture, and that's typically when you see issues with your leaf margin or leaf tip burn or um, dying out later on in the season. So is it 
anything under 32 degrees or I know you said you want to look at each plant specifically but you have like a general rule of thumb like let's say it's going to be below 37 we want to start covering stuff up what's is there a number there like a general rule um you know that's a little tough to say right a lot of the research pointed to like 32 degrees or lower Mm -hmm. um best practice if you want to be safe if you know it's going to be cold that night it doesn't hurt to cover your plants but the biggest thing is you want to make sure you uncover them the next day so those sun rays can go ahead and heat it back up. Because if you don't, you could end up causing a little more damage to your plants than you bargained for. So, so my mom takes it to the extreme. She actually brings most of her plants inside when, mm-hmm. it, gets, <laughs> when it gets cold. A lot of folks do that. Yeah, she loves her plants. And mm-hmm. see, that's, that's okay. If you have that garage that you can bring them into or if you can put them on your back patio and it's covered in, by all means, do what works best for you. Right. Um, but if you can't, because some of us have a little more extravagant yards, a little more intense yards mm-hmm. with uh, gardening. These are some other things you can do. So let's say it freezes and then I see some leaves starting to fall off. It's not looking so great. Does that mean it's dead or should I give it some time or what's the deal? Don't. don't do don't not <laughs> cut your plants. Do not remove it. If your plant looks a little dead after a freeze, um, two things you got to remember. If you take a shower and you decide you're going to wash your hair and then you go out in the snow, you're going to get a head cold, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's still cold outside and you decide you're going to prune that plant, you could cause more damage to the plant because you can send it into shock with those cold temperatures hitting that open uh, cut. Okay. And then it can also cause the plant to necrose or die off. So what you want to do is um, if even any part of the plant looks dead, just let it stay there because it's acting as additional insulation for the plant. And then once our temperatures are consistent, 65 degrees or higher, then that's when you want to go and prune because... You can cut back to AC green, and pruning typically stimulates new growth. You are just an absolute wealth of information. I, I tried. <laughs> I mean, you are. There, there is no doubt about it. Um, I could probably just keep asking you questions all day about planning, but as far as resources at the facility go, are these classes available? Like, I know you said we can stop by and talk to you, and your email address is out there publicly, and I feel like anybody who is listening to this and wants to get into gardening – We'll probably be emailing you. You might expect some emails here coming coming up. (laughs) Bring it on. Uh, So we have a monthly events calendar that our office puts together. Um, So, again, you can call our office so we can get your email and get you added to that list. We're also crafting an email list as well. We're constantly adding to that. So, again, give us a shout. You can follow us on Facebook, um, UF IFAS Volusia County Urban Horticulture Facebook page or just UF IFAS Volusia County. Um, that's our general office page, and then the Urban Hort one as well. Um, uh, we have library talks all throughout the county. Some of the libraries that we're at, that the Master Gardeners are at, um, a lot of this wouldn't be possible without them, is the Deland Library, Edgewater, New Smyrna, Port Orange. Um, they're at Ormond Beach Environmental Discovery Center, also DeBerry Hall, Sugar Mill. So I have an active volunteer base. They are really the boots to ground in the um, county. And again, I would not be able to do the amount of work that I do without them. So I gotta gotta give them credit and sing their praises. That's awesome. The libraries are a huge resource. It's not just about books; they're offering all yes. sorts of stuff these days. Definitely stop by your local library and check them out as well. Um, That's right. Speaking of the libraries, you've got a program coming up at the Ormond Beach Regional Library on January thirteenth. It's going to be a regrow the loop program, and Kaylin Taylor is going to tell people how to garden under the trees. Um, and this means adding understory, which mm-hmm. I didn't really know what it was until a couple weeks ago. But you've got the trees up t- 
up tall and the grass down below mm -hmm. and whatever's in between is understory so it's good to add brush and mm -hmm. colorful plants there and she's going to tell us all about that it's more so like landscaping in layers so you start with the bottom and you just kind of build up and then you're also thinking about um, the wildlife in your landscape so when you're building up that understory you're thinking about what potential animals um, may find this place as a home so that's going to be a wonderful uh, collaboration with master gardeners um uh, I'm not going to say the names because I don't want to miss uh, leave anybody's names off, but Master Gardeners will definitely be there um, helping spearhead that event as well. So the Regrow the Loop program has been awesome, a wonderful partnership. Um, we've had a lot of traction really getting information out there to the community and those underserved audiences. That's right. The community is very excited about that program, and they're turning out for these monthly monthly classes. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to do a shameless plug, if that's okay. Of course. Um, <laughs> of course. You're sharing all this great information. You can, yeah. So we have a uh, strengthening your facilitation skills training that's going to be going on January 30th and 31st. So if you want to learn how to build though that tool base up for um, leading more effective meetings, we'll have that going on. You can give our office a call for that. Um, we're going to be having our fourth annual edible plant sale February 17th, which is a Saturday at the office from 830 to 1030. Get there early. We have amazing plants. Pretty much um, 85 to 90 percent of the plants that we sell at our fundraisers are propagated by our Master Gardener volunteers. Oh, wow. So please come out and support our program. And then also on March 16th, we'll be having our 26th annual plant fair from 830 uh, to 12 p.m. as well. So again, get there early. A lot of great plants. Um, ask a friend, bring a friend, bring your own wagon, bring the whole community, just come out. <laughs> and you said that's March 16th? Yes, March 16th. So both of those are going to be on a Saturday. Good. And edible plant sales February 17th? Yes. So what kind of, I, I know we did um, an edible plant giveaway here at the county mm -hmm. uh, last year, and those went so quick. Yes. I think we had uh, over a thousand and they were gone in the snap of a finger. You know what's funny? Um, it seems like after COVID mm -hmm. or at the start of COVID, let me um, speak correctly, people got more of an interest in gardening or fishing or getting back to the basics. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's great to see because people are asking a lot of questions, but you start to see a lot of different gardening styles come out of that as well. Well, that's awesome. We're going to take our last break and we'll be back with more Volusia today. Make the most of your day at the beach. Download the Volusia County Beaches app today. Sign up for real-time notifications on vehicle ramp openings and closings. Find staffed lifeguard towers. Get updates on tides and beach conditions. Plus, off-beach parking and coastal parks info. Volusia County Beaches app is available for your smart devices at the App Store and Google Play. We're back. I'm Pat Kewen here with Brittany Morton and David Hunt, and you're listening to Volusia Today. So Brittany is our expert horticulturist here today, and um, she's been encouraging people to get, have their soil tested and stop by the Agricultural Center. So can you tell us more about the Ag Center, where it is, and what people can learn and see there? Of course. Um, so we are located at 3100 East New York Avenue. We share a space with um, the fair, the fairgrounds and Farm Bureau. So we're actually in a wonderful wonderful space we have great partners over there and we're off of 44. Um, we have demonstration gardens that are maintained by our master gardeners so they have a work day which is tuesdays and they maintain all the plants on the demonstration gardens in addition to our um, two facilities uh, uh, staff members they're awesome great team so you can come by anytime 
Monday through Friday from 8 to 4, um, and then just do a little tour, a self-guided tour. Uh, we have shade areas so we can show people what you can grow if your yard is 100% shady, um, if you have 50-50 shade sun. Uh, we have a children's garden. If you want to do a water design in your garden, we have a koi pond, um, outdoor classroom. We have a lot of fruit trees on the property that we can point out, natives, non-native plants, nothing invasive. And then we also have um, an edibles garden. So area six is what we call it, is our, our veggie patch. And there we show people how you can plant things directly in the ground, how you can set up raised beds, you can do container gardens, um, how you set up different irrigation systems, whether it's micro-irrigation, drip irrigation. We have compost, we have perennial vegetables. Um, if you have livestock on your property, you have like cattle fencing, we can show you how you can adjust that and make little frames or trellises for your plants. So I say all that to say, our master gardener volunteers do an amazing job at the office. They do an amazing job with maintaining the landscapes and really reaching that mission of outreach and education. So anytime you got any questions, you can call our office, you can talk to me, you can talk to one of our volunteers and we will definitely get you guided on the right steps. Can we just stop by though? Yeah, you can stop by anytime. So I can stop by and you'll just, you can walk me through and kind of yeah. show me. That's yeah. that's an amazing resource. We have a lot of people that um, um just stop by and they're like, oh, i never seen this before. I don't know what it is. So they have the option that they can do a self-guided tour or they can just say, hey, can you walk me around? And I'll walk them around and show them what we got. My wife listens to this show, so I was going to make it a surprise date, but I think I might take her on a date. Surprise! <laughs> <to the> <laughs> <laughs> office. That sounds amazing. Um, what else do you got? You got, we got about a minute left. What, what, what do we want to leave the people with? Florida native plants? What's the, what do we want to be planting? Invasives, anything? Um, no, no, do not plant any invasives. Right, no. remove invasives, yeah, right? Yeah, we got to get away from that. You're right. <laughs> um, but what I do want to say is if you have not been at the extension office, if you don't know what it is that we do, just stop by. Um, follow us on our social media platforms. Call us, any questions you have. Um, we're here to help. And, and oftentimes extension is known as the best kept secret. So we're trying to not be the best kept secret anymore, but just want to be the best, the best resource in the county. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you for all you do. Thank you for coming in and just sharing this information with us. Um, I learned so much, so I really appreciate it. And Pat, what, what do you got? What, what do you got as like a leave a message? What do people need to know heading into uh next week next couple weeks oh, let's remind everybody about the new raptor center at the marine science center um, that's another hidden treasure in in ponce inlet they take care of sea turtles and seabirds and uh, they recently opened an exhibit to house their raptors and and these aren't the velociraptors that you see in jurassic park these are birds of prey they've got a wonderful great horned owl and some falcons and it's a great day, great way to spend the day. Oh, check that out. So I think that's it, right? Like the county's full of awesome things to do. So get out there, enjoy it, and plant something. Yeah. Have, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Have a great day. You too.